Thank you so much for joining us here on the Hit Podcast. As you know, we have an ongoing commitment to our brief, bite-sized, sort of concise, curated format. And we are halfway into our conversation with Reverend Andy Bills. We broke it over two weeks. If you have not watched last week's episode, it is part one of this conversation. Start there, go back, watch this part of the conversation. We're about to pick up on part two of our two-part series with Reverend Andy Bales, and we'll just pick right back up in the conversation where we left off here on the HIP Podcast. This episode, as always, is brought to you by Montage Insurance Solutions. And without any further ado, let's get back into our conversation with Andy Bales. Extremely well-versed in the problem from the front rows and, and obviously have you know a lot of well-formed thoughts and opinions on, on sort of what what would be helpful? Um, and I, I, I wonder if I can pivot for a second and just think about the audience members that are maybe listening that are in business or human resources or, or in kind of a, a capacity to say, hey, how much of your kind of drive and relentlessness is tied to the deep passion you have for what you do? And how important do you think that is in general for folks out there working? Well, it's, it's been the basis of my life for 37 years. I, I should have come about it naturally because my own dad experienced homelessness from four, four to 17. And his last week on the face of the earth, all he could talk about with me was the pain and embarrassment and shame of being that homeless kid. I told the I told the kids last night that I hung around in Mondays at the mission that uh, that's part of what drives me. And, you know, my dad was resilient despite it all. Best man I've ever met. <clears throat> and uh, I know that's a possibility for all of the kids that we have here. We have over 500 kids here at Union Rescue Mission. It's remarkable. And, uh, but also, uh, 37 years ago, I preached a message about feeding, uh, how important feeding a hungry person is. Uh, it came about because a, a child in my classroom was being mistreated. <clears throat> and I thought to myself, if a youngster who feels like a loser can't find love in this classroom, where can they find it? So, so I went home and studied the Bible and came across the verses that say the way you treat another human being is the way that you're treating God himself. If you feed a hungry person, it's like feeding God himself. If you give a drink to a thirsty person, it's like giving a drink to God himself. And if you turn your back on somebody who's hungry, it's like turning your back on God himself. And I, theologians say I stretched it, but I said, I, I, I believe it means the way you treat another human being is the way that you're treating God. And if you say a hurting word to an already hurting person, it's like saying a hurting word to God himself. And if you don't believe me, uh, just think about what's the worst thing anybody could do to you. And that's pick on your child or say a hurting word to your child. And so I, I put together a message to change the kids' hearts. And I went back to class and and the kids heard the message six times, uh, or no, excuse me, the, 
I heard the message six times. The kids only heard it once. And some of them are in their 50s now, and they remember that message. Uh, and it changed their life. But for me, I heard it six times, and that was... Is that because you had different classrooms cycling through? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't escape because I shut the door. And <laughs> I... Uh, I heard it six times and I went home and told my wife, it was the best message I ever preached. And it was the best message I ever heard. And I should have taken notes on myself, but that was on a Friday. And then Sunday I was at my part-time job because I have a lot of kids working a part-time job at a parking ramp. And I was standing there, sitting there in the booth. I'm the guy taking the tickets and the money. And a man who was homeless approached and knocked on my window and he had a long dirty beard and a sack of soda pop cans slung over his shoulder and he was staring at my sandwich and I knew what he was going to ask and he said sir can I have your sandwich and of course after sharing that message six times with the kids I said no sir you can't have my sandwich and his face drooped with disappointment and he disappeared around the corner and I realized I really missed the chance. I missed the chance to practice. Wait, you literally think. turned down a guy asking for food? I yeah. thought you were going to tell me, oh no, this is the punchline? Yeah, and so I prayed for another chance and I found him on the street and fed him dinner and a few weeks after that, my missions pastor, and believe me, I didn't tell anybody this story because I was embarrassed, but my missions pastor said, there's a job opening down at the mission. I think you should go apply. Yeah. So I reluctantly went to the mission, saw that the food was great, the place was clean, the guys were sober, and I saw it as a chance to practice what I preached. And so that was 37 years ago, and sometimes failure put you right where you need to be. And and I'd been struggling a bit. I'd been, I wasn't satisfied with my life, 25, 26 years old. And I can honestly tell you that failure caused me to make a decision to walk in a mission and begin to care deeply about people devastated by homelessness. And I found my niche, I found my calling I found myself and I had a big, big heart change. I used to look through people digging out of a dumpster and I could not feel their pain. I could look right through them as if they were invisible. But uh, since that moment, I've been haunted by homelessness. Mm. And imagine living in LA when you're haunted by homelessness. And that's what has caused me to have the drive that I have to not leave one precious human being on the streets if I can help it. And uh, that's why I've been relentless and uh, hopefully made a bit of a difference for thousands of people devastated by homelessness. I was going to ask you that. Is there any way to even quantify at this juncture, this far later, how many people you maybe well, 
Yeah, if you go on Union Rescue Mission's uh, YouTube page, Stories from Skid Row, you'll not see hundreds of stories. You'll see thousands of stories of people's lives transformed. And, you know, when you do it for a total of 37 years and almost 19 years here at Union Rescue Mission, I've fed, I've helped feed millions of meals. And, and oh, we had something at our firm that we came to bring to Union Rescue Mission for a Thanksgiving one year. And it might have been the day of, the day before, whatever it was. And I showed up and went to like the office building because I was younger and I, I didn't know you quite as well. And I was looking for the president of the organization. So, of course, I went to the office building. Boy, they shook their head at me like, you silly fool. Andy's not here. Andy's on the front lines. Go find him in his wheelchair, cooking, serving food, giving things out. <laughs> like, do not go looking for Andy in the ivory tower when there's a pinch of work to be done. Yeah, we've deep fried turkeys at Thanksgiving every year and um, to get it done quickly and make them fresh. We switched everything. They used to bake for like six weeks, but we... we uh, we deep fry for 24 hours the day the, the day before, and then we feed a wonderful meal. I guess this year was the best meal ever. I had to miss it because I went home to yeah. visit, and my mom uh, my mom got sick with a ruptured colon, and she uh, she decided that it was time for a hospice, and so the hospital called me and said. We're going to send your mom home for home hospice to you and uh, change my plans to fly back to do my last Thanksgiving celebration. And uh, that was that was a challenge, but I got to I got to see all the pictures and see all the fun and they had chandeliers hanging in the, in the cafeteria. That's so sweet. Yeah. And, you know, it's not only something that you've, you know, given life and limb to. I know, you know, a, a professional friend of both of ours, Bill Conine, he always talks about how amazed he is when you go to that donor wall and you get to see some people who have given financially to the mission. And you know whose name is right up there amongst them. Yeah, my, my wife and I received a special award um life builders award for our commitment and didn't quite reach my goal yet but but we've given significantly uh because i believe where your treasure is there your heart is it's not where your heart is there your treasure is you don't wait for that you put your treasure toward what you care about and your heart follows Oh, you put your house up one time, didn't you? Or you said you were going to? If you guys I said didn't I, was, I, I was honest. I mean, we they, my board said you're going to have to lay off some people and empty the first floor. And I I said um, I got a different plan. I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to sell my house and and uh, we fortunately we raised enough money. We, we didn't we didn't have to sell our house then, but we did we did end up selling our house to the door of hope in Pasadena. Yes. 
and they're going to convert it to 20 transitional housing housing units for families. Uh, it, it's it's not that big of a house. They're going to add apartments to the back of the house and yeah. make room for 20 transitional housing units. I get to go visit my old house tomorrow and yeah. speak at the house. Except they they That's remove cool. the. Uh, wheelchair ramp so i don't know what? how i'm going to wait till after your speech man come on <laughs> well you know i love it. yeah so ultimately yeah you, so now that you, the house that uh you know is with dora hope is the same house he said listen rather than laying folks off this is how committed of a leader i am and how committed i am to this mission and you mentioned that you know you had to tell the board that and i don't uh know how far we want to unpack but just as far as folks listening uh, and maybe even people that are, you know, looking to glean professional advice. You've you have experience wrestling with a board. Oh yeah, yeah. But I, you know, maybe maybe they have motivated me to the, be the best that I can be, right? And yeah. and they they pushed me to. During the Great Recession, some of them pushed me to sell Hope Gardens. And I said, no, over my dead body, I can't I can't go out and tell the families you're going to return to the streets of Skid Row. And I wrote the best plea letter I've ever written and raised the most money I've ever raised from a, a plea letter. I've I uh, uh, I remember being about five million short in June, and uh, I called one of our most generous donors, and I said, "I'm thinking about riding my bike from Skid Row to Sacramento." And he says, "I'll give you a million dollar match if you do." And I guess I said, "I guess I'm riding my bike from Skid Row to Sacramento." <laughs> Did my you? wife and I, yeah, my wife and I rode our tandem. It was when I was. Uh, I think I was only missing one leg, and uh, we we rode three years in a row to from Skid Row to Sacramento, both to, to raise, raise awareness money. and raise money. Yeah, wow. And raise awareness and and speak out about the need for immediate shelter for people, and that's what I still think. We need a right to shelter like New York has, and. And they have a law that if it's going to be 32 degrees, you make people come in. Well, the equivalent of that in L.A. is is the atmospheric river, 40 degrees and rain. It can kill you. More people die of hypothermia in L.A. than die in New York City and San Francisco combined. And so those two changes, a care court where if somebody's a danger to themselves or others, you go and you plead with a judge or a mental health referee mm. to get some help. Those three changes could make a huge impact. And then the immediate shelter and, and uh, innovative, imaginative, affordable housing uh, could make all the difference in the world if our city and county and state uh, will do that. It, Remarkably, the the funny thing is, I think Friday I get to go get an award from the city council that I pick on all the time. <laughs> Every time someone puts a mic in front of you. <laughs> yeah.
That's amazing. Well, and I know that uh, this has obviously been a long time uh, career passion. I don't know how much we've touched on it today, but your your tenure with with the mission is is coming to an end. It is because my wife told me uh, that um, about, I guess it was about a year ago. She said, uh, "When you turn sixty-five." I'm going to return to our redheaded grand girls in Iowa and you can join me if you'd like. <laughs> well, that, that was kind of an offer I couldn't refuse. So yeah, I alerted our board to start a search and, and, uh, that time has come yeah. where, where I already moved her back October 31st. I've been commuting via Southwest airlines staying no at the mission and uh i've had i'm i'm having the time of my life here at the mission but it's been sad and it's been a little bit of heaven as people are thanking me and yeah the kids kids gave me an award last night and gave me the craft that they made and, and uh all kinds of thanks and all kinds of hugs it's uh it's it's been a challenging but beautiful week. So you've you've sold your home, obviously, as you mentioned, to the Dora Hope, so that they have more beds and and a more roof for human beings because you believe in that. You mentioned uh, the, the the move uh, back to Iowa, but the fact that from an organizational standpoint, you're committed and making sure that they have enough time and they find somebody. So when you come back and forth, now absent to home, you're literally staying at the mission. Yeah, I'm staying in the chaplain's study, and it's an easy commute. Just jump on the elevator. There you go. It's been a good experience for me. Yeah. Oh, man, Andy, you're, I, again, I think that from a, a, a leadership standpoint, from a servant leadership standpoint, from a truly believing in what you're doing standpoint, you are one of the best examples of somebody just believing it to their core. It's, it's unbelievable. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on so much and, you know, maybe as a, a parting thought, you know, any words of wisdom for anyone out there that's, you know, in a profession or, or in a job or working and just kind of looking to someone like you um, to say, Hey, give me uh, two of your best sense. Well, be fully committed, but I hope you have a bit of balance in your life. I've I've blown it on balance. I'm going to try to find that in my next phase. I'm going to go work at a job uh, with Inner City Kids Foundation for Feeding and Education uh, in Des Moines, Inner City, and back to my old neighborhood where I left 24 years ago. I hope I can find balance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's not that's not really how I roll, but if you're going to do something, do it do it to the glory of God, and do it all out and and you know I have loved coming to work every day. I get to see walking miracles beside me. And there's not been a day that I dreaded coming to work because I love what I do. Um, but 
but have some balance in your life. I <laughs> <laughs> says, says the guy with zero. <laughs> do as I say, not. This would be the one time, Andy, where you have to say, do as I say, not as I do, because typically you're so good at leading from the front lines. Yeah, I, uh, I don't. You know, I don't recommend being the wreck <laughs> that I am now. <laughs> Right on. Oh, man. Well, again, as an Angelino, I thank you. As a person who believes in the power of mentor mentee and just having been able to look up to you, be in the same room with you on so many occasions, and uh, now to be able to uh, be so blessed to have you on and just sharing your wisdom on today's episode. Uh, I just I thank you from the bottom of my heart, Andy. Thank you, sir. It's great to have you on. Uh, that, unfortunately, is all the time we have uh, here on the HIT Podcast. Join us next week. Join us every week. Uh, and until next week, take a page from the book of Andy and make this your best week yet. <laughs> <laughs>